0: Uh, sorry i'm just going to record the audio okay everyone
1: yeah so uh i mean interpretive community produced the bible so the kind of uh the quality of community is very important because uh that uh brings understanding so we are doing con- we are continuing that process uh, the Bible was first uh, originally written, and now we are interpreting it, and then we add understanding uh, to it. So this uh, is a very pri- precious process that we uh, read it and understand it. Because it's a very unique, because our time is very different from when it was first written. So it uh, brings out different meaning uh, to us. So we need to discover what that different meaning is. Uh, so, so it's it's not just about uh, me, it's about uh, understanding uh, how it applies to me, uh, relates to me, but it is a community together. We interpret and then uh, have understanding together. That process, I think is very important uh, process. So that's what uh, we need to keep in mind. And uh, since I'm not doing chapter by chapter, it's kind of long. Uh, first is two chapters, the second time is uh, three chapters, and it's a little longer later. So we won't, I think, uh, read it. So, uh, what well, Jewish people are very, very good at studying the scripture. They're arguing, debating, and understanding. And so they take very seriously. I think we Protestant, uh, we are based on word, but we don't take our Bible study uh, seriously. Uh, We are just uh, passively listening uh, to uh, the lecture or uh, uh, preachers. And so we need to explore together. We need to revive that spirit of exploring uh, the scripture uh, together. Uh, There may be some difficult questions, but uh, we may not have all the answers for these difficult questions, but at least we need to really work together to uh, have a better understanding uh, for that. So I hope that you take a sincere attitude uh, when you come to Bible study, and that's why I tell people to read 10 times, but probably none of you uh, read uh, 10 times. Uh, Peter uh, just confessed that he <laughs> read barely uh, twice. <laughs> That's still good. Uh, twice as good. But when you read the first time and second time and third time, fourth time, different things come up. And also by the end of 10th uh, time, the whole scripture comes uh, in uh, uh, to you like a picture. So you, you get a picture uh, of the whole uh, the story. So uh, I hope that you can read at least uh, three, hi Jenny, uh, three, four times uh, when you come to Bible study. So we won't read it, uh, otherwise you'll get uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, lost. And we will do a lot of discussion. So uh, to give everyone everybody a chance to say things, uh, we are going to divide up into small groups later. And but we'll come back together. And I really enjoy the time that when we come back together, i like to hear uh, uh, what you guys uh, have discussed and different perspective and different ideas. And also I add uh, my own understanding, my own study uh, uh, during, during that time. So the first, uh, first uh, kind of lecture is a uh, uh, introduction is uh, uh, m- more like a questions for you. Uh, I'll give just a little background, but uh, whatever is needed for you to be able to discuss together, that's what I'm going to give you. Uh, but we'll come back and then uh, we'll discuss uh, together. That's a kind of flower uh, of the, this uh, one, one and a half hour that at the end we gather together and then we really uh, uh, break down the message uh, for uh, all of us. So when you look at uh, Exodus, uh, uh, traditionally uh, it was written by Moses, uh, people thought, but uh, modern scholars, uh, they know that it's not written by Moses alone. Uh, there were different sources. Uh, they, they call it JPED, source, P source, E source, D source. Uh, so there are different sources. And then uh, over the years of community, kind of put together these sources uh, uh, sources and then uh, the final product of exodus came about so it's not really one person like Moses writing from the beginning uh, to the end so uh, we, we don't want to go go into too much of technical stuff but I think uh, our group is uh Mature enough now for me to be able to say uh, these things because uh, if I say uh, kind of uh, elementary group, they will say, "Oh, really? Moses didn't write this? Oh my goodness!" And uh, they will really uh, get uh, bothered by it. But uh, modern scholars uh, really dissected the uh, Exodus, and uh, they found different sources. And I think that that's pretty much uh, the way uh, it was written. So. Uh, when you look at uh, Exodus, uh, the, the, verse 7, uh, when you look at verse 7, it says, they multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. Uh, when you uh, hear this kind of uh, uh, sentence,
2: uh, what are you reminded of? What does it, uh, this recall? Recall. Abram's, uh, like, promise to Abram. Okay, promise
1: to Abram. And eh? what else?
3: Well, how about Genesis? Yeah, and Genesis, creation. God says, I know, oh, yeah. be fruitful.
1: That's right, yeah. Uh, Genesis 1, 28,
2: mm-hmm. Uh
1: God told uh, uh, the, Adam and Eve, be fruitful, uh, and multiply, and fill the earth. Mm-hmm. Almost kind of uh, all the words are there multiply, uh, uh, full uh, multiply and then fill the earth. Uh, so you realize that, ah, Exodus is uh, connected with uh, Genesis uh, in a way. And also as uh, uh, Edward said, uh, the Abram also, uh, I'll make you a great nation, a uh, big nation. Uh, so when you look at uh, that, be- becoming a big nation is not just having a lot of children, you realize. Becoming a great nation is a very, very difficult uh, because they were oppressed, persecuted, because there are uh, other nations too, uh, because they were growing so fast. That was the reason uh, for uh, the king of Egypt. Uh, starting uh, persecuting them. So being a great nation uh, is not just having lots of children. Uh, it goes through hardships and difficulties and that uh, remains as a great nation. It is a blessing of God uh, in a way. So you realize that uh, uh, becoming a great nation is not uh, just simple process of having lots of children. It's not just biological process. Uh, It is a spiritual process. Uh, uh, And also you realize that what Pharaoh did was not, uh, was against God's creation order, God's purpose, because God uh, wanted them to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And then uh, that uh, became the problem to Pharaoh. So, uh, he uh, was kind of going against uh, God uh, in a way. So uh, that is a kind of uh, introduction. And then when you look at uh, the uh, problem, problem is not just that uh, they became a great nation, but the problem was fear. Uh, fear of uh, Egyptian king. Uh, this uh, the, 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 when Israelites uh, were becoming bigger, uh, the, the Pharaoh uh, got scared, and this fear creates produces violence. That's what fear does. Violence, and Oppression is a fear of losing the order that you have created. Fear of losing the power that you created for yourself. So fear always brings violence. So in your life too, when you have fear, uh, sometimes that reaction, anger, uh, And that anger often turns into uh, violence. And a typical case is uh, Jesus' death. That the religious rulers, they had fear because Jesus became so popular. So they weren't sure what Jesus might bring or, or Jesus' movement might bring. They were scared of losing their control, their order that they created for themselves, the power. So the the primary reason for killing Jesus was their fear. They wanted to get rid of that uh, threat. So fear brought violence. So the first question that I would like to throw uh, is, uh, but does fear always manifest itself in a way of being scared?
2: Does fear always manifest itself in a way of being self? When there's a fear, how does it manifests itself. What are different phases of fear? You understand the question? So that's the first question. And Pharaoh uh, uh, to I mean, uh, there were debate about whether midwives were Hebrews
1: or uh, Egyptian. Uh, We're not quite sure uh, whether they were Egyptians or Hebrews. So they're Hebrew midwives, but they said it, but uh, midwives taking care of Hebrews. Uh, So anyway, uh, uh, these midwives, when you look at uh, them, they have names, Shifra, and poor. I mean, I think the the, the community intentionally put their name there. Powerless
2: people, they had names. But Egyptian king, we don't know the name. Pharaoh is not a name, is a a
1: position. So we don't know the name of the king, the most powerful uh, person. And yet we know the names of these Midwives. I think it's quite intentional. Usually we know kings' names. We know important people's names. But somehow uh, uh, Exodus writer uh, put down their names, but not uh, Pharaoh's uh, name.
2: What do you learn from the actions of midwives, Shifra and Pua? What do you learn from their actions? They said they feared God.
1: So I want you to discuss what is the difference between
2: the fear of Pharaoh and fear of midwives? What is the difference? What is the difference between fear of Israelites and fear of God in your life? Fear of your own fear and also fear of God. How do they work out differently? I want you to discuss that. And for three months, uh, the mother... Because the midwives did not kill the baby,
1: Uh, Pharaoh ordered that soldiers and then Egyptian people, you see little uh, boy, you kill them. Throw them into uh, uh, the Nile River. And the mother, uh, Moses' mother, waited for three months. Think about that, those three months. Probably very nervous time that, uh, you know, baby crying, then we are, we are happy that baby's uh, crying. But when baby cried, they, they, all got, they got all nervous because somebody might hear and come in and then uh, take away their son. For three months, she tried to do that, but could not do it anymore. So hoping that this baby will be saved, she made this basket and basket, and then put it into the water. Almost uh, hoping that this basket functions like an ark, Noah's ark, and then put that in the water. But interestingly, that word for basket is the same word for ark. When you look at Hebrew, it is the same word uh, used. So it all, it all functioned like an ark. That basket was a function like an ark. Miraculously, this basket reached
2: the daughter of Pharaoh. And then this uh, Pharaoh, the daughter,
1: Pharaoh's daughter, somehow saw the baby and saved the
2: baby and even raised him. So question is, why we should do that? And what implication does it have? What does it tell you? I'm a mother, just hope that this
1: baby will survive, but not only, The baby survived. She was able to uh, give milk, give give him milk because she was hired. And not only do that, uh, not only uh, raise the baby, but also uh, she received money too.
2: Very interesting. So I want you to look at uh, there, how God works uh, there. I will call it divine irony or holy irony. I have two more questions. (laughs) You have lots of questions and uh,
1: don't drag too much. Just uh, try to explore as much
2: as possible. How do you think Moses' life was like in Pharaoh's palace? Did he know that he was a Hebrew? If he knew that he was Hebrew then, how would he feel? Did he have, did he have identity crisis? Was, was he confused? Or was he happy? Or was he struggling? I want you to discuss, enjoy
1: that, entertain. Maybe the Bible doesn't say it, but there are some clues there. We'll find clues later.
2: What Moses was like, Moses' life, early life was like. And finally, what, was, what kind of person was Moses when he was mature? When he was an adult, what kind of person was Moses? Okay, these are the questions.
1: You don't have to answer all of them, but enjoy the discussion and come back together and we'll take up some of your
2: questions. Do you have any question before uh, your break uh, broken into groups? Okay.
0: Just like I'm just kind of typing this out for people, just as reference, right? You don't have to go point by point, but just to help us think. What time should we come back, Moksang? Uh...
1: It's at uh, 8.10, 8.40. Yeah.
0: Okay.
3: Uh...
1: So remember that you're interpretive community, okay? The violence. One caused violence and the other caused life, right? Broad life. Mm -hmm. The the result is very different. eh? What else?
4: one thing we reflected on was um, um, kind of, uh, you know, fear uh, can be a motivator, uh, but at kind of what cost, uh, what's more, you know, you can get results, but um, behind the scenes, I guess, like what, what is it doing to everyone? So I think that was something that John was just sharing uh, in terms of, uh, you know, leadership styles and, you know, um, uh, just a study of, 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 Different types of uh, leadership styles. So I thought that was interesting. And then we talked a little bit about fear, um, um, I guess, or or the opposite of fear the the freedom that that can result from from um, I guess love and and not giving into fear. So I don't know if I'm expressing it right, but those mm-hmm. are a couple of points that we covered.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the fear of the, uh, the midwives uh, brought courage. I mean, it was a very dangerous uh, thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh, was, uh, he was killing everyone. And if uh, the, he knew that uh, intentionally if uh, midwives did that, uh, he would have definitely killed uh, them, but they knew that, that danger, but they had courage. Uh, to do so. It's almost like uh, they were were the first um, before Martin Luther King Jr. and then uh, Gandhi. They were the ones with nonviolence resistance. Mm -hmm. They didn't follow the system. They resist against civil disobedience. They even lied. So uh, courage and wisdom uh, was there. Yeah. Well, there was also Um,
3: Moses' mom had fear, but that moved her to to action, but also courage, right? It gave her courage to save her baby rather than
2: Mm.
3: um, fear leading to death, I guess.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: So there are certain kind of fear that uh, paralyzes you, immobilizes you, but there's also the kind of uh, fear that moves you, uh, right? Uh, that, That motivates you uh so the, the, there are different kind of fear uh working in our lives, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Does fear always manifest itself in
2: uh, in being scared? I think initially,
3: yes. Because even when you trust God, he always says, do not fear. Like, do not fear. Have courage. So I think every time there's fear, there's like, you're always scared.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. But
3: sometimes you have to either move with fear or move, uh, regardless of fear, you push forward to do what's right.
0: Yeah. hmm and then I think someone in our group said um, uh, it can manifest in other ways, like uh, uh, very being very controlling you know, or appearing very strong and dominant. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. These are all ways that fear can manifest.
2: Right?
1: Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, even laziness too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It paralyzes you sometimes. Yeah. You have a fear of confronting your own fear. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you, have a, uh, com- if you uh, are able to confront your own fear, you can deal with the fear, but you're too scared of uh, seeing your own fear. So you can continuously run away from it. So you can become very lazy, passive. And also uh, other times uh, it comes out as a, a very, oh, oh, I don't have any fear, very strong and pretend that you, you, you have figured out everything so in other words, you, you, you want to hide uh, the fear that you have because you're scared of letting people know that you, uh, you have fear rather than embracing it, accepting it, mm-hmm. right? So fear can have many different faces. So we have to uh, see ourselves. What kind of fear do, do we have? How it controls us? And what kind of behaviors are controlled by fear? Well, well, and what are some good positive fear? We have to also see that motivates us, gives us courage and then wisdom. Fear of God is the beginning of the wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, it says. So we have to uh, understand our fear very well. Mm-hmm. Anything else to add? Okay, about the daughter of Pharaoh, what do you uh, learn from that?
3: She has no fear.
1: (laughs) She has no fear, okay.
3: (laughs) I mean, her father is uh, saying, you know, I want all Hebrew babies killed, but yet she's the one who knows that this baby is a, Hebrew baby, but wants to raise him. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I guess, I don't know.
0: Or in that situation, uh, her compassion or love won out over any fear she may have had.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, what, what do you learn from this? She's the one who loves life, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so, so Jesus re- referenced that uh, uh, passage in First uh, John or something. You know, perfect love casts out fear. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from this?
3: Well, that God works in mysterious ways.
1: Mysterious way, right? Hmm. I mean, she is a daughter of the one who killed all these babies. And also, she, uh, she, as a daughter, she brought in the person who is going to destroy the mm-hmm. kingdom later. Yes. She yes. brought that person and then raised that person. Yeah. Yes. Fed That's him right. and taught yep. him and raised him. Yes. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, he becomes the person who destroys that kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's the irony. Mm -hmm. When you look at the history, when you look at the whole picture, Mm -hmm. that's a divine irony. Mm
2: -hmm. Isn't it? That's how God
1: works. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Simon.
0: No, no, yeah. We we were saying how, uh, I mean, at that moment, uh, Pharaoh's daughter, she probably, she wasn't thinking anything. She she didn't know what would lie ahead, but she just acted in that moment based on love, I guess, basically. Yeah, and I really and so another thing I thought it was like faith the size of a mustard seed. you know we just act in that moment with love based on what we feel is right and we don't know what will happen after that but that's God takes that and'll move in ways we never expect.
1: Yeah I mean she had no power right? Mm-hmm. She was just daughter. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh seems uh, like he had all the power and a tight control system. But even in that tight control system, the corrupt system within it, there is a person who loves life. There are always people who love life. Even though that evil system is so tight, there are always people, one or two, who love life. They make all the difference. She brought in, one person brought in Moses and Moses brought down that evil system, the corrupt system. So the image that uh, came to me was, you know, when you look at rock, so tight, strong, but even in that rock, there are cracks. Mm-hmm. And through those cracks, the, the rock will be destroyed shattered and those cracks are midwives moses mother moses sister pharaoh's daughter all these people amazingly these are all women so so. where's moses father
0: (laughs) women are the cracks
3: yeah i know yeah (laughs) It seems to me like Pharaoh went after the wrong the wrong sex. He should have killed the women and not uh, the men. Yeah. <laughs> it, then he would have been fine.
1: And
0: hope would have been gone. <laughs> I mean, the dudes.
1: I mean, at that time there were women had no power. But the, the scripture gave them names, and they are the main actors in the first two chapters. Mm-hmm. Moses became Moses without, I mean, Moses could not become Moses without these women. These are those ones who saved Moses and also gave him home, like a million, seven daughters, seven women took care of him. Of course, it's just one person became wife, but they, they uh, gave him home.
3: Well, I wonder if uh, Pharaoh's daughter knew, like that, if mo- you know that Moses would be the one ultimately destroying uh, yeah. the father's kingdom, would she have done something like that? Oh, she, she would never have done that. Yeah. She would never have done that. Yeah. <laughs> just... So
1: we don't know how God works mysteriously. Mm-hmm. God doesn't need troops. God just needs one person who loves life who can bring about change. It's not about number, it's about who will love life. Mm -hmm. That's how God works. Mm -hmm. Okay, so last question. How do you think about Moses' life in palace? Do you think he knew that he was a Hebrew? How do you know that? How do you know that he was Hebrew? How how do you know that Moses knew that he was a Hebrew?
4: Well, he felt guilty when when he killed um, when he killed uh, to save uh, Hebrew. Like, mm. Our group talked about uh, circumcision, and then through that uh, he knew that he was Hebrew.
1: Okay, that's the physical evidence that he was Hebrew, because by that time uh, the circumcision was uh, uh, for Jew- Jewish people, because Abram started circumcision, right? So that's a physical evidence. But any anything else?
3: He reacted to the situation when he That's saw
1: right. two yeah.
3: Hebrews are uh, I yeah. mean, I don't know, one Hebrews got beaten by Egyptian. He yeah. couldn't hold the anger, right? So That's right, yeah. Yeah. He erupted. Yeah. That's right, yeah. What was happening inside? It came yeah. out and then he said it and then later he's saying that why are you hitting brother Hebrew. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't That's yeah, right, so yeah. something like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he went out and saw the Egyptian and the Hebrews fighting, and he was uh, on the side of Hebrew, and he wanted to help out the Hebrew, his own people. So uh, it's not really clear, but we know uh, that he had that uh, affinity with the Hebrew people. But think about it, as a Hebrew person living in an Egyptian palace where... I mean, the, that Egyptians are the ones who, who tortured the Hebrews and then uh, persecuted them and then uh, insulted them, ignored them, uh, discriminated against them. And then he lives in, in the, the center of that uh, culture and then environment. That would have been very, very difficult for Moses. Uh, I, think he,
0: I think he had a very uh, messed up identity. Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah. Very messed up. He was so Hebrew, that,
0: but he was so Egyptian washed.
1: That's right, yeah. I mean, p- people uh, when they first uh, saw him, they, they would have thought that he was uh, Egyptian, yeah. because the Midianite woman thought that he was uh, Egyptian, right? The way he act- acted, the way he dressed himself, and uh, but soon they will find out uh, that he was uh, uh, the Hebrew uh drawn out from water. and then even servants and all those uh, people they would you know yacking yakking away about Moses and living in that environment is just that he's he was totally probably messed up in a way. That's why we could see uh, uh, he overreacted when he saw Hebrew being uh, tortured, that he overreacted. So he's uh, uh, had to deal with this struggle quite a bit. So he's a kind of, uh, so um, uh, Paul was right. God uses the weak to shame the strong. God chose a very broken vessel. He didn't choose perfect person. He chose very broken uh, vessel.
2: But was he really Hebrew too? He was not really Hebrew either. So the very
1: next day, uh, the, the, the the Hebrews were fighting, and then uh, he meddled in Who do you think you are? You think you're Hebrew? You think you're black? <laughs> uh, you, you're not <laughs> uh, Hebrew. Uh, you're not you're not one of us. Are you going to, going to kill us too? So he realized that oh, he's he was not accepted by Hebrew uh, the Hebrews either. So he was neither Hebrew nor Egyptian. And that's why he chose uh, his son's name, Gershom. Gershom. <laughs> meaning alien in a foreign land. You can see the sentiment uh, of Moses uh, right
2: there. That he lived like a foreigner, alien. He's like you guys. Second generation,
1: neither Korean, nor when I went to Princeton conference, uh, we had a second second generation conference. At the time, there were not many second generation churches. So that that was when I was TKPC, I was invited by Princeton uh, uh, seminary. So I went to uh, present my church at that time. And then there was a guy who came from uh, the L.A., uh, he was very feisty, second generation, and then one uh, uh, the, the last night uh, we invited all the Korean uh, pastors uh, in New Jersey a- area. So all these Korean pastors, and then uh, this guy uh, he was a Yale graduate, and uh, he wasn't sp- uh, he wasn't able to speak uh, Korean at all, and so he was uh, answering and all that in English, and then and then one Korean pastor said, "Hanguk Hanguk and then he got so upset and then he was <laughs> yelling at that guy. And so he must have felt uh, that way, that he was neither Korean nor uh, American or Canadian uh, in some ways. So Moses lived like an alien. So you are a good choice to be like Moses that God doesn't use uh, somebody who's very settled. God chooses immigrants. God chooses the people who don't have home.
2: So he was quite messed up. But when you look at uh,
1: the, the, the Moses, I think in his DNA, he wanted to help out the weak and vulnerable. So that's why he was fighting. Uh, Of course, he overreacted, but he was fighting for Hebrews. And also he was fighting for the Midianite women when shepherds uh, bullied them, bullied them, right? So he was uh, uh, in his DNA in a way. So Moses was very much like you guys. So next week, uh, when you look at it, He's just making all kinds of excuses. Shows uh, (laughs) he's a messed up
2: identity. He didn't have any confidence. Anything to add?
0: Grace, a lot of uh, r- relevant things, right, from our past discussions and stuff. Yeah. Good.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, it was good. good
3: uh, recap. Yeah. Good, good. Actually, I have a question,
2: Moksani.
1: Yeah.
3: Quick question. Like, they th- according to, I guess, like, the, uh one of the New Testament, I guess Stephen or somebody, he thinks Moses was 40 when yeah. he left uh, Egypt. Yeah. So like, he was a prince, so didn't he have a wife or anything? Like he was 40, he was just, he didn't have any kids before then? I don't understand this whole
1: business. Like, what was he doing? That's a very good question. Probably... Uh, he had wife and then children too, baby. But somehow the scripture does not is not interested mm. in his life in palace, mm. and also uh, the scripture is not interested in his life in Midian either. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, a, I mean, next week we are going to study, but with two verses, he uh, the, the, uh, the scripture summarizes Moses' forty years of life immediate <laughs> and the Gershom, uh we know uh just because it he, he represented the name represents Moses sentiment mm-hmm. I don't think he has only had only one son he probably had point, more yeah. sons yeah but they, they are not interested in anything else
3: yeah actually I have another question uh oh my goodness it's already 907 so then the the um the Egyptians gave the Israelites that uh, one area to live. Yeah, Goshen. Goshen, right? Yeah. And they never ever married, intermarried with the Egyptians.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> very. Day? I mean, I was gonna uh, look into that too. Uh, somehow the, the Jewish people, uh, they kind of uh, the, never lost their identity. I mean, the, the, that's what they do. They even uh, these days too. Even now, Remember, we have a lot of mixed marriage, but Jewish community is very tight, somehow.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's really strange. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I but mean, then for, uh, the, there's a, few a, hundred the years.
3: Samaritans where they intermarried afterwards. Yeah. In the Canaan, anyways, it's a long story.
2: But so, I just so so that whether was it is
1: uh, there was a strong uh, racism there in egypt or israelites chose to stay on their own yeah it Uh, just
3: is really odd for 400 years not yeah not too many intermarriages
0: yeah well let me say even look at all your kids they're like third generation they had no problems integrating growing up but they've all been starting to hook up with other koreans what's up with that
3: yeah, but when I told <laughs> Stephanie, I said, you know, it would be nice if you married a Korean guy. She called me a racist. <laughs> <laughs> <Coffee>. <laughs> yeah. so don't let that fool you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, probably there are some uh, the intermarriages too. Mm. But there are ones who are... Uh, left behind but also there's a, a tremendous semi- uh, anti-semitism too right mm. so even europe and all that the jewish people were persecuted you
2: know sure. yeah
1: yeah thank you Mokseni. good so next week chapter three to chapter six whoa three three four five six four chapters so read ten times Uh, so instead of trying to read uh, all at once, maybe read every day for five, six weeks, I mean uh, five, six days, yeah
4: Just just a quick question Um, uh, Hyungsu and I, we're not going to be attending next Friday because of my mom's uh, birthday thing, but uh, um, Simon, is there going to be like a separate recording that you sort of post up?
2: Yeah. We're recording again. <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> your prayer, we have to record. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pray on Sunday
3: too, but here we go. Let's pray, everyone. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this community of um, sharing uh, um, and learning about your word. We have learned about Moses, who uh, has come across as um, having identity crisis and, and in essence is a weak person. Thank you for using the weak to uh, make you strong and revealing your love and, and how you work in our lives, even when we're not even aware of it. We thank you so much for each and every one of us here and the insights that we're about, um, we could share tonight. And may we continue to um, learn more and more about you that you're, Love is manifested in us in spite of our difficulties and
2: struggles and, and our fears as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.